Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call. Get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. This is Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Jared Saltzlamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, well, once again, baseball is not boring, and here to prove it in, in, in a very unique way. I feel like this is going to be a great podcast um, because we are bringing hope to the world. Andrew Lang of TalkNats.com, just bear with me for a second and let me explain exactly why I want to bring hope to the world through you, Andrew, which is you cover the Nationals for TalkNats.com, correct? Correct. Okay. The Nationals are the longest of long shots, along with the Pirates and the A's, according to multiple sports book. Correct? That is correct. All right. I have confidence in you, my friend. I have confidence in you. You can do the – you can convince me to go to whatever betting venue you want to and place down a couple couple bucks – on the nationals and then i will be basically the baseball equivalent of the uh the mega bucks winner um what was it the 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 powerball winner correct powerball two billion so so what so what we're doing andrew here is for all these people for all these millions and trillions of people who do not want win powerball we're giving them the second opportunity we're giving them a lifeline right you are and who knows? Anything can happen. Somebody could win a lot of money, as we saw. Somebody bet that Houston would beat the Phillies in the in the World Series, and I think didn't they win one hundred and fifty? Oh, mattress Mac, okay. mattress Mac, biggest, yeah, well, seventy five million, right? Yeah, seventy five. But listen, we are going to allow you to beat Master Mattress Mac by betting the Nationals, feeling good about, most importantly, feeling good about it, and that's where you come in, Andrew, feeling good about it. And then riding through this wave and then pounding your chest and collecting your money. But, but before we do this, we always like to ask, because Andrew, the whole, and we see the t-shirt behind me and, and there's a t-shirt on the way for you to wear 
uh, everywhere you go. Baseball isn't boring. So, my this friend. This is true. Okay. So, so my friend, tell me. I mean, the floor is yours. Why is baseball not boring? Well, baseball isn't boring because it is literally, at least for me and people I know and people that follow Talk Nats, and uh, we always have incredible discussions on there. I mean, we lost 107 games, and I guarantee you already this morning we probably have 200 comments or more on our site. Hold on. Let, let me see on the morning post just to see how many we have. Yeah, it's it's incredible, uh, you know, to, to think, okay, half of that. But we're over 100 for the That's day. That's pretty good. That's pretty which good. Is, exactly, which is pretty good for a team that lost 107 games. And we're discussing what could be happening at the general manager's meetings. So we could find anything on TalkNats to, to discuss. And that was happening before this team ever made their first playoffs in 2012. And I guess as people would say, well, it's not 2019 anymore. And we literally fell off a cliff, our team. So um, we baseball isn't boring because you can always find something to talk about. And I just enjoyed the chess game. Right. That you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the, the conversation Number one, there's always something to talk about, always. And this is why you're doing what you're doing and I'm doing what I'm doing. And also you said it's a chess game, right? We're, we're juggling the pieces. We're figuring this stuff out in the, on the game, in the game between the lines. It's the chess game. And then boom, there, there's some action happens, which is awesome. In the off season, right. in the off season, it's the chess game is this delicious chess game that we have of trying to figure out. How to put the pieces with what you're what you're working with financially in a place where that you're going to place a bet on the Nationals and they are going to win the World Series and you're going to become a rich man or woman. All right, right. So, well done, <laughs> well done, my friend. Uh, all right, here we go. I I mean, there's no better way to 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 do it other than to say the floor is yours. You tell me, tell me if you if if you were sitting there at the betting window. And someone says, you know, I really, really want to make a lot of money. But, 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 I, I don't know. The, the Nationals lost a lot of games. Um, they trade away the, the star player. Um, I just don't know. I, it, it, teams just don't turn around like this. It, will I be wasting my money? And you sit there and you say, no, 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 no. I am going to make you a lot of money. I am going to convince you that this is going to be a story that you can tell your great-grandkids that you bet on the longest of long shots and they won the World Series. Andrew, make that case. Well, here's the case, and and you could have done this, think about it, on May 24th of 2019 when the Nationals were 19 and 31, and that was the most improbable run ever to win a World Series. So could they do it again? And here's the reason why there is some real upside with this team. They are for sale. So what happens <laughs> if a multi-billionaire comes in and says, you know what? We're going to sign Judge. We're going to sign Trey Turner again. And we're going to get three more pitchers. We're going to get the Grom. We're going to get Verlander. And all of a sudden, they're spending like Steve Cohen and 
out of nowhere, you made your bet, this happens, and all of a sudden, the Nationals, let, let's say their projection is for 90 wins. But look at the Phillies last year, or mm-hmm. last season. 87 wins, and the only reason they make the postseason is because Manfred added a third uh, wildcard team. So there you go. Anybody can get in. Um, sure, there's. It, it's a long shot, but that's what I would say to somebody. If you're betting, put down five bucks. You may make you know a min on it, and you're not going to miss that five bucks. You know, so so why not try something on a crazy long shot? And that's what I would say to somebody is. They could they could get some players, or, or or let's just say they start playing well. Something just comes together. A new owner comes in. And maybe they make a bunch of um, moves at the trade deadline. Again, we all know how it is. We saw Philadelphia. Steven Strasburg once said it: "You could be the buzzsaw. You don't have to be the best team all season. You just have to be the best team in the postseason." So you get into the dance by a wild card or winning the division, and and who knows? I mean, you're you're absolutely right. There, you can make a case for just about anybody except for probably the, the A's, the A's and the Pirates. Yes, I mean you you have first of all you have already convinced me. You have already convinced me. Oh, this, good. Yeah. Well, the, the, thank you for the money. And so yes. it's it, it, but it, the the whole ownership thing is a difference maker. There's no question about it. And so give me, before we get into the sort of the meat and potatoes of the roster and assuming that you have money and where you would spend it and what moves would you make, what is the timeline? Is this a a realistic timeline that something like that could happen where in time for them to make these moves? It is very possible. They have an ownership group that our site broke the news who was in, MLB trade rumors, uh, Ted Leonsis and his monumental sports and entertainment are the front runners to buy the team. There's a couple of hiccups and holdups, and I'm sure some wranglings over the value of the team because the Nationals are the only team in North American sports that has a rival team controlling their TV coverage. <laughs> and, and that's the massing contract owned you know, mostly by the Orioles. So that is what we're told is the hang up. We, we, we keep on saying, hey, maybe tomorrow gets solved and the team is sold. Or maybe it gets done in December, but maybe there is enough time. And this is why the bet is an interesting thing. I wouldn't say there's any chance the Nats could win the NL East division crown. I don't see that happening, but I, crazier things to happen. Maybe they could get a wild card. All you need to do is get, get in. in. All you need right. to do is get in. So, so all right, this assume, because I think this is the path, we have to follow this path, that they are going to have some money and the, the deal's going to get done, or at least it's going to be on the precipice of getting done, and then they'll be like, okay, you know, we're going to spend some money. Um, I'm not saying a crazy money. You don't have to spend like the Dodgers or, or the Yankees. There's not crazy money, but enough money to to complement what you have. Right. 
you have to – so now you have to build the team. I know that in reading your site, your site, you know, you, you expertly point out what they were two runs away from having a six ERA for starters. Isn't great, that unbelievable? Great, Five, great stat. Seven ERA. Great yeah. stat. So you, I guess we have to start there, right? You have to, much like the Texas Rangers, the Texas Rangers are looking for starting pitching all over the place. That's the thing that we're looking for. The right, Nats- and they may end up losing one of their best guys in Martin Perez. Right. Who, who are going doesn't to like the numbers they've thrown out. We threw out his name last week on our site as one of the pitchers to go after because he would just be priced so well what the Nats have to spend. And that's the great news is the Nats is our competitors used to give us a lot of um, you know, noise about, oh, you guys are trying to buy a championship. When the Nats signed um, Max Scherzer as a free agent in 2015, the Nats all of a sudden were at the highest end of spenders, and they spent near the top in 2015, 16, 17, and 18, and near the top in 19. And now it just, I mean, we're – we're below in real dollars, below 100 million right now. After uh, Nelson Cruz, they did the uh, decline of his mutual options. Um, we we calculated the CBT payroll at 114 million. So either way you look at it, there's a lot of money to spend. Unfortunately for the Nationals, 35 million dollars of that is for Steven Strasburg, and nobody knows what's going to happen with stress. So there's kind of that, what what they call dead dollars. Is that yeah. what? But, oh. but you hit, if you, to your point, you can hit on guys. Like you can, you can hit on the Martins Perez's or, or you can, you can hit on maybe not like this crazy Jacob deGrom contract. Right. Michael Waka. I'm Michael, trying to think. Good of, one. Good, yeah. yeah. Yesterday, um, one of our writers or head writer, um, put in a bunch of names to say, hey, if we ha- if we get back to where we were last year and spend, you know, um, increase payroll to be where we were last year when we had Soto and Josh Bell and Nelson Cruz on there and um, Will Harris and other guys they were paying, spent $50 million. He went through the fan graphs uh, projections and what everybody's going to cost us says, hey, here you go. Two pitchers and a corner outfielder. And then you start filling in and you're like, huh, that's interesting. And something else for your people who are like, this is all crazy talk. After the trade deadline, the Nationals actually had their best stretch of the year. They went um, – they had a winning record. I can't remember exactly what it was mm. until Hebert Ruiz got hurt. That's right. It was 10 and nine. I mm. see, see my numbers here. Mm. Nationals were 10 and nine when Hebert Ruiz started, CJ Abrams started, and Joey Manessas started. So those were three players that play the first. Well, actually, Hebert Ruiz was here, but Manessas and Abrams both came up in August. Abrams came from the Soto trade. So when the three of them were together, they were 10 and nine. You say, whoa, not bad. No. Defense was better. A lot of a lot of things changed. 
it's hard to believe. You don't have Juan Soto is supposed to be the best player in the game, and you got a better record. It was the team's best 19-game stretch of the entire season. Not a huge sample size, but you say to yourself, you know what? This offense and defense isn't awful where it is. Get us a left fielder that was a kind of deficiency, if you will, and starting pitching was horrible. You read it. um, Pretty interesting. 597 starters ERA. Horrible. Crazy. Absolutely horrible. So so let's assume that, you know, the – you have that problem staring right in front of you. So you know that you, but like we mentioned the Rangers, like, so you know, this is what you need. You know, you have to address that, that you just cannot live that life. Give me three guys when we're looking at this, three guys, because we don't know what trades are going to be made. We don't know what free agents. And, and, and this, as I say, Andrew, they don't run isolations for outfielders as you know, right. you can't, you can't just get a guy and say, Hey, go be good. Right. You need a lot. Right. But give me three guys on this team right now that you see that say can take steps and and take that next step, much like the Phillies had. We see it all the time. We see these teams right. get better all the time just by simply guys getting better. Give me three Al- guys. Al Schwarber getting added to that team. A- a- exactly. Changed it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So give me three guys that you feel like they can take the next step and this can go a long way to getting where we want to go. Well, the, the three guys, I'd probably go with the three that we just discussed. Mm-hmm. C.J. Abrams, um, he's already there. He's young, um, just turned 22 years old. Um, even though his stats on paper, as you go to baseballreference.com or the back of his baseball card, weren't great, he finished the season really strong. They changed his swing to get more backspin on the ball, and it took him a while to adjust to it. It was it was really interesting. Um, so I think Abrams, Manessis, did you see his numbers? I mean, he had a magical <laughs> August and September. He was he was one of the best players in baseball in all of baseball. Right. Um, finished the last two months of the season, and then Caber Ruiz needs to take that step to be hopefully a all-star type of player. Uh, he's He's got great um, contact skills. He just needs a little more power. He finished the in, uh, the season with an injury. Um, so, so maybe those three players. And then I could see possibly after the all-star break, maybe August timeframe, the team's – number one prospect, Robert Hassel III, who also came over in the Soto trade. Maybe he could help out. And then, like we talked about, a left fielder, Jock Peterson, Conforto, um, are two of the players that our site is uh, looked at. Certainly there could be another one or two who could be in the mix. Um, and, And it's also nice that our manager really has been speaking up. Anytime he's had a microphone in the last 30 days in front of me, he goes, I'd like one or two starting pitchers and I'd like a big bat, which is great. Usually we're always saying this is what we need. He spoke up and we're on the same page. We don't need 
a lot or expect a lot because it probably won't happen. But I don't think it's a big ask to say, get us somebody like Waka, get us somebody like Ross Stripling, get us somebody like Martin Perez. Um, pitchers kind of in that in that group, sure. And 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 a corner and a corner outfielder. Um, we have to hope for the best of third base, which has been ever since Anthony Rendon went to free agency after the World Series season, has been a black hole for this team. Um, but we have Luis Garcia playing second base. Um, Victor Robles woke up after Soto got traded, and he was the best um, defensive center fielder in baseball for from August to September. He was a Gold Glove finalist. So that's a positive. The defense really picked up. And Lane Thomas, they switched from left field to right field, and he ended up being – uh, really good down the stretch. It was like kind of like last year. He wakes up later in the season. Uh, we kind of need that for a full season. So adding all that up, it it sounds like you're thinking this isn't an awful team. No, man, I, I you got me going. You're like you're yeah. you're doing you're doing the job. You you are doing yeah. the job. And I, yeah, I'll maybe, say this. So go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say. Maybe that's a 75-win team with some luck. No, nah, no. Nah. It's a 90-win team that's going to win the World Series and make everyone a lot of money. <laughs> and so but I, I, so I, I would just I'll ask this. So, like, you you said you need a bat. Okay. You know, this say you have the money. You have the, the – the, they have the money. You can get one bat. You know, and forget about Aaron Judge. Like, what? Oh, please, please, new owner, come in. Yeah, yeah, come in. And say we're <laughs> – we're going to pay more than the Yankees and the Giants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give me the free agent you want. Give me the free agent you want. Like if you well, had to pick. I'm a Trey Turner guy. Ooh. Just, I I don't think there's a more dynamic player out there than Trey Turner. The issue is when the Nats got C.J. Abrams, it kind of probably ended that. And sure, you could say, okay, let's put Trey at shortstop, put Abrams at second base. Maybe Luis Garcia could play third base. I don't know, but it's not as good of a fit as it would have been kind of our dream four months ago before the uh, trade deadline was to – yeah, sign Trey Turner. I like it. I like it, though. I mean, listen, you figure it out. You get good players and you figure it out. That's it. Where we say, Trey, would you play center field again? Because remember, that's kind of how we broke in with the Nets. They already had uh, somebody that Dusty Baker was playing at shortstop, so they put Trey in center field. Mm-hmm. And he was great there. Mm-hmm. I mean, his bat is just incredible. He is so underrated. And with these bigger bases, and you can only throw you know, over to first base twice for pickoff moves. How many bases is he going to steal? This guy's going to be whole new dynamic, whole new dynamic. Absolutely. I like it. I like your thinking. So the last question I will ask is, uh, is nationals related is because we had, uh, as I I messaged you, we had Papelbon on your good friend, Jonathan Papelbon. And he, and he said, um, he said that, that Bryce Harper would probably 
I, I'm not. I, I don't, I'm doing a paraphrase here, but Bryce Harper would probably thank him for having that confrontation. Now, before everyone gets all up in arms, I get it. Like I get it, and he made the case of like, hey, Veritek kicked his butt and made him have a wake up call. That Bryce Harper, like everybody else, that like, he's a different person at age 21 than he is now. Right. Um, right. But I just from someone who's like it went through that there. And looking at it from that perspective, and also sees Bryce Harper now compared to when the, earlier in his career, I'm really anxious to sort of get your thoughts on it. Because, you know, we know Papelbon, but you know, you know Bryce Harper a whole lot better. Yeah, I, I actually spent some time with Bryce. Um, I wouldn't say I know him because everything is so guarded. Uh, I remember going to Hagerstown at low A when he first came up been um what was that 2010 i believe right after the draft and i shot video of um is is people were asking for autographs and he he would remember somebody who he'd already given an autograph to and he he would just blow him off he was i mean what was he 18 years old at the time yeah i mean he was he was a feisty little kid. He was so much older than his age. Um, but there's definitely public Bryce and there's private Bryce. And when he doesn't think the camera is around, there's a different Bryce. And there's stories that, you know, you hear about him. Um, as far as him and Papelbon, Bryce wasn't hustling like he should have. And, um, you don't strangle the guy, but <laughs> yeah, you, you, you want to pull him back in the clubhouse and say, "Hey, man, run that out." Yeah, yeah. It's 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 not a double play until you decided to not run. Yeah, and the Nationals had issues with him being the superstar prima donna. Um, he wins. He wins 2015 the MVP, and that was. Just crazy times. If you remember, he was a, a radio station threw out a number of four hundred million at the time, and he he's like, "The sky's the limit. Don't <laughs> basically don't put me down. Don't don't hold me that number." And in the end, because he loafed during the two thousand eighteen season, I mean, his defensive metrics were horrible. Nobody knew. Whoa, was he on a decline? What's going on? And he cost himself a lot of money. Hmm. I mean, Boris said at the winter meetings, he was talking 400 million. It was the Nationals and the Phillies. That was it. And they got him for 330 million, $25.3 million a year. That seems like nothing. No. You know, these days. No. It's monopoly money, but it's like nothing. So he cost himself a lot of money by screwing around and but you, but you raise a good point. I think that that's sort of what Papelbon was saying. And I know that you know, at that time, everyone, when the World Series was going on, everyone was like, "Oh, what a fantastic human being! Look at, look at this. He's a leader. He's, he's, he's everything the Phillies wanted." I get it. You know, when they signed the, a guy like that, it's not only the guy on the field. You want the person who you're going to wear the the kids are going to be wearing the shirts for. Like it's a right. business thing, right? And Absolutely. so, and so, you know, when Papelbon says that. 
I, I, I do think that it was, he had a good point. And I think that you were sort of backing it up that this is, and maybe to your point, maybe you don't do it out there, but you have to address these things, you know, and somebody needed to, Yeah, I mean, they yeah. coddled him a lot and that, that kind of annoys me. I, w- I was a pretty feisty um, coach for the teams that I coached travel. And um, I, I just, hated to see kids just following that track of, you know, one-handing, you know, fly balls and uh, jogging the first. And I, I told kids, um, if you don't run out balls, especially pop-ups, you're getting yeah. benched. Yeah. And, yeah. and they tried me on it and I benched a kid. He ended up um, going to the Marines years later, came back and told me I was really <laughs> On his life, and he always uh, remembered that, and um, it just never worked with Harper, though. I mean, he he just loafed. He went to the Phillies, and it ticked off a lot of Nats fans. It's like, oh, look at the guy. All of a sudden now, yeah. he's yeah, yeah. hustling, and he talks about his blue-collar, you know, work ethic and all that. And, um, look, he went to Philly because they gave him – the you know the offer to save some face at three hundred thirty million, but it got nowhere near the four hundred million. Right. right, he had an incredible uh, playoff run this year. Yeah, and he, he carried that team. So they have already <laughs> probably gotten back more than what they could have. Yeah, expected. like like I said, like he's the you need it's the business side of things too. It's this is Anthony Rendon is not a good signing, not only because he isn't right. any good, but because no one's going to come see Anthony Rendon play in Anaheim. So bingo. Yeah, that's exactly right. You need superstars. They're going to put butts in the seats and yeah. you're exactly right. You pay for some guys. If they're not going to do it on the field, you're going to lose a lot of money. Cause like you said, nobody's coming to see, them play and that's that's reality we said the same with soto it's like they're not coming now when he's on the team Mm. yeah it's it's funny um things loosened up after he left and things loosened up after bryce left i mean the Nats won the world series i know i know know, six months after bryce harper signs his um free agent contract with the Phillies. It's 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 crazy. The baseball's so different that way. But speaking of four hundred million, that's how much we're gonna make you um by betting on the nationals. There you go. Well, I'd have to bet a lot of money, I think, to uh, get that. I'm gonna well, have to call Matthew Mac. Uh, well, listen, I mean, I think that if there's ever a sure thing right now, as as we wrap this up, you have convinced me it's a sure thing. I'm running to the uh, window right I after. I love that. it. Yeah, I love so. it. Five dollars. Yeah. Hey, Don't man. Welcome to the baseballs five. and boring family. It's uh, you know, appreciate it. I know that you know not only getting to know you a little bit in this conversation, you know, the fact that you're coaching, the fact that you're you're mentoring kids, and and obviously your site doing a great job of covering baseball, all of it. This is what it's all about. And, and like you said before, it's there's a million different conversations we can have. Um. And I hope to talk, be talking with these, some of those other conversations other than absolutely giving the lock of the year. So I appreciate it. There you go. Thanks for having me on and talk Nats uh, to be the representative uh, today. And if you have us back on again, we'll know that 
you actually liked us and some people saw this. Oh, no. Listen, first of all, how can you not like you and your site and all that you guys do? And also, I don't care if anyone didn't see it. I'm sure they did. But the fact is, is I enjoy the conversation. And I know that there's plenty of people will enjoy this conversation because of you you sold me i mean that that's what i asked you to do when you did it excellent job thank you very much all great right. talking to you rob right. take care in celebration of opening day we've got a special episode of the moth podcast for you the theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people i gaze out at the players on the field and then i uh, i look over at my dad and i i realize that in the silence between us that something has changed it's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.